All right, all right, all right. Let's get fired up here. Maximum freedom. Read. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Actual Anarchy Podcast, the podcast where we talk about movies and documentaries from a Rothbardian anarcho-capitalist perspective. This is going to be episode 122, and we're going to answer the question, where is the curvature in an analysis of Netflix behind the curve? Is it a Netflix like produced thing, or is it just on Netflix, Robert? Uh, you got me, buddy. I don't know. I just watched it on the Netflix. I, I, I don't think I stuck around for the credits. Maybe I did. I don't remember. It was that captivating. Well, no, it's good. It's a good movie. All right. Well, it's good I, me, right? I, I hope that we have something to say about it, and and uh, I think it'll be fun. We had a really good conversation in the pre-show here, uh, talking about um, the drug problem in Seattle, drug slash homelessness problem, and also about public schools. Uh, so that's available for Patreon supporters and also the live stream viewers who are with us right now, and you can get uh, access to that stuff at actualanarchy.com/slash/patreon. And uh, I also wanted to mention that we had a really good conversation with Nikki P of Sounds Like Liberty last week on Dark City. And that's uh, the end of that is a is a is a wide shot of the floating laboratory disk in space, which looks like a flat Earth. And so that's what prompted us to want to do this episode on Behind the Curve this week. So that one was a lot of fun. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So there's a piece on that, Robert. Yeah. Speaking of curves, something happened to me recently. It was pretty fun. So I was, as you know, I'm a bit of a wiffle ball player. If you don't know what wiffle ball is, it's just basically like grown men playing baseball, but with these little plastic balls that can't actually hurt anybody. Anyway, so I was over in uh, the park the other day, and I was super excited because it was really windy day. And normally, even if it's really windy in town, this park that we play at is just a dead zone. There's nothing. But this day was super windy, even in the park we play at. So we're over there. We're setting it up and we're playing and it's great. My curve ball was fantastic. I was starting it like two, two, three feet outside the plate. And then it was whipped back in for a strike. It was almost unhittable. Almost. It's fantastic. Anyway, but what happened was, is we were playing and we play so that it's a very small park and we hit the ball towards the road but it's a significant distance and we rarely actually hit the road. And if you do hit the road, the ball, you know, lands with like the power of, I don't know, dropping like a feather. It's, it's like the ball is like a, like a tenth of an ounce or whatever it is. Anyway, so I was pitching and my friend was hitting and this car comes driving by and he hits this towering shot and the wind catches it and the ball taps on the top roof of the guy's car and the car stops instantly. And I'm like, oh, oh no. Oh, come on. It didn't hurt your car, dude. But whatever. He gets out. He doesn't say anything. He's kind of like fuming. And my friend runs up to him and immediately starts apologizing him to him and like, hey, if there's any damage, totally going to pay for it. So sorry. You know, just having fun out here in the park on sunny day. Sorry about that. And they're looking and there's zero damage. Zero damage. You can't. It's indiscernible. And the guy's like, you know, I know you guys want to just go out here and have fun, but, you know, people live out here. And, uh, you know, these 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 balls could, you know, do some damage, break some property. And we're just like, dude, OK, we're already offering to pay for any damages and we know there isn't any. And yes, we're not here to hurt anybody's property or hurt anybody. But anyway, and so my friend continues to profusely, you know, apologize and he gets in his car and he drives away. And my friend is like, oh, we should probably move the plate back because, you know, there's a still a chance we could get to the road. OK, fine. So we move it back. And then he's still kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to play anymore. And I'm like, whatever. I mean, we apologize to the guy. We offered to pay for his stuff. What? I mean, if he like wants to fight us, I'm sure we could take him. It's fine. Um, so anyway, we, we continue playing. And about 10 minutes later, this cop car rolls up and I'm at bat at this point. And my friend's like, okay, okay, I'm going to throw the pitch and it doesn't count for the game, but just like barely hit it. Just like barely hit it. 
even though, even if he sees me crush a masterful home run, the ball lands like, you know, the, the velocity, the, the, the friction on this little plastic ball makes the ball land like with a tink. You know what I mean? But anyway, I tink it over and then I hear this, hey guys. And we're like, ugh. And my friend like sprints up to the cop car and I kind of like mosey on over because, you know, cops telling me what to do. It's not like I'm going to sprint, but I, I mosey on over and my friend explains what it was, what's going on. You know, we just had this altercation with this guy and the cop didn't know who had called it in, but you know, he didn't really know what was going on, but he just probably got some kind of a call. Like, you know, there's two wiffle ball players or in the park, two guys in the park, you know, that are just like some sort of a menace up to no good. Start we're, we're about to know goodness. We're two wiffle ball players at large. You know, we're on the watch list. Anyway, anyway, we explain what we're doing and we're going, yeah, we're playing wiffle ball. And we show him like the little plastic ball and the, you know, the plastic bat. And he's like, you're playing with plastic bats, wiffle ball. And he's like, I don't know how you could be any more safe than you already are. Why am I here? <laughs> oh my God. It's like one good cop in the world. The one good cop. So we got the, we got really unlikely to hit the one kind of like dick bag guy, which I kind of sympathize with him. I mean, yeah, we did hit his car. There's clearly wasn't any property damage, but if we had damaged it, it was definitely our fault. We're in the wrong. But then we got the one good cop who was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Just have fun, guys. And he just left. And then after that, my friend was like, oh, okay, I feel way better about playing now. And I was like, I felt the same the whole time. I don't care what one cop says, nor do I care what this other guy says. But anyway, that's my story. I thought it was fun that we got the cops called on us for uh, playing in the park. No, I think it's, I think that's great. Um, the, the resolution anyway, I mean, I would have been like pissed off in the process, of course, but uh, well, one more thing, one more thing, the, another black car, like afterwards, like about 15 minutes later, a black car came back and my friend was like, we thought it looked like him, the same guy. And he's like, I'm going to go apologize to him again. And I was like, don't you dare. After that guy called the cops on us, you're going to go apologize to that guy again. You already kissed his feet. Now you're going to go do it again after he was a dick to us. I mean, eh. anyway, it turned out to not be the, the guy. So he didn't apologize to him. It's good. All right. It started to sound conspiratorial there. And I think that's a good segue into the last night's portion of the show. Where we talk about a conspiratorial movie behind the curve. Okay. All right. Here we go. Hey everyone, it's Daniel Elwood and Robert Johnson. We are the Last Nighters and we are on the Launchpad Media where they're always launching new ideas in your direction. This is going to be episode 65 of the show. We're talking about a movie documentary called Behind the Curve. Uh, a few announcements before we get into this. Uh, just recently released is the Vol Comic Voluntarist Origins 2 and we are the centerfold spread in that. The Last Nighters is uh, in the centerfold position. So open How to much the Total, total facial nudity is seen in this. Mm, sounds hot. Sounds well, actually, hot. technically zero nudity because we are actually covered by face masks in our astronaut suits. As we're floating in space around a glowing blue orb. Propaganda. System, that is the Earth, the planet That's Earth. Propaganda, sir. What are you working for NASA? Working for shilling for big NASA? That is what we're going to talk about tonight on this episode, Behind the Curve, which is a documentary about flat Earth people and uh how popular it's been becoming again recently yeah. so we're gonna get into truth tellers finally yeah it's about time right the bleeding edge of truth of science and all the good stuff so this is uh episode 65 as i said so you can find the show notes more at lastnighters.com 65 you can find it on the launchpadmedia.com and also our patreon is at lastnighters.com patreon we have pre-show and post-show content a galore for your viewing pleasure. So let's get into the El Google Descriptione, which is how we normally kick these things off, if you're ready, Robert. Mm, hang on just a second. Okay, yeah, go. All right, good, good. All right, here we go. Behind the Curve, 2018 documentary, one hour, 36 minutes, 6.5 on the IMDb, 100% Rock Tomatoes. 66 100? Right, but only 66% of Google users like oh, it. Well, those are trolls. They, they could be, they could be. All right, here's the description. The internet has revived the conspiracy theory that the Earth is flat, and America's flat Earth movement appears to be growing despite hundreds of years of scientific evidence disproving the idea. The initial release was November 22nd, 2018 in Russia. Oh. Oh. This was made by Russian bots? Well, according to the M Mueller report, is that how you say, say his name? Is it Mueller? Mueller? I don't know. How do you say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, according to that report, there is no collusion with Russia. 
Uh, but this documentary is amazing. There are pure gold moments in it, such as when Patricia was talking about the dot, dot, dot. So that is a user review on the Google page here, and I didn't open the rest of it. Uh, so what are your thoughts so far, Robert? Well, finally, someone has the truth and the, the courage to come out with the truth, and I really appreciate these people and their theories. The true science is finally being done. So um, although there was some propaganda in the film, I mean, as we all know, um, beyond the, the ice wall in Antarctica, there are a series of the, you know, there's the White Walkers and uh, the movie didn't go into that at all. And none of the people talked about the White Walkers. And we all know winter is coming and will be killing us all. So that was disappointing. But the rest of it was pretty much all true, I think. But the wildlings are real, right? And the, the free man bond beyond the wall. Yeah, yeah, that's all true. You the do documentary do series uh, Game of Thrones on HBO, that, they talk about that. Right, and the final season of that's coming up, which should be exciting for, for a bunch of nerds out there. A bunch of truth tellers, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, so did I mention this is our April Fool's episode, by the way? So No, you didn't. Well, I'm about to mention it. This is I our April mention it. Are you going to mention it? I this is our April Fool's episode. You Just mention it. <laughs> now, I am totally convinced by this documentary, though. And uh, our buddy Mike C says, since NASA is essentially an extension of the military industrial complex, then the flat earth theory as a metaphor for them hiding the truth from, the U from us works for me as a metaphor. So that's some good commentary, I think. Yeah. Well, in all seriousness, watching this documentary was like watching kind of an alternate version of myself. Had I not kind of followed you down the primrose path towards, you know, incels, incel, incelability. What I don't know, whatever this club is that we're in together. I, I, I'm not in that club, actually. I mean, uh, no, this is the club that you, you were like, hey, Robert, come on, let's do it. It's going to be a sweet, sweet club. There's no girls. Let's make tow it up. <laughs> anyway, but if I hadn't done that, I mean, I remember, you know, you know, listening to a lot of like David Icke, listening to Alex Jones. And these are basically kind of similar kind of people. They're just very mistrustful of the government. I, don't, I can't, can't imagine why. Government just tells truth. And they're just looking for the truth. Now, they discount even their own data, their, or the results of their own experiments and the results of experiments of peer-reviewed people that are, you know, experiments that are repeatable and have been repeated hundreds and thousands of times by people all over the globe. I mean, I'm sorry, the disc, the plane, I don't know. I'm triggered right now, Robert. Terminology wrong sometimes, I'm sorry. But, but they're just like these cute little teddy bear people that just, you know, don't trust, you know, other people. And I thought it was hilarious how there's even like an elite, like too cool for school, kind of like, um, you know, rock star kind of guy who thinks that everybody else is a CIA plant or whatever. Okay, that's like, This is my movement. I'm the guy who came up with this. No, you were born about 400 years too late to claim that <laughs> or a thousand years too late or something, you know? Right. But it reminds me of all the people that accuse like Alex Jones of being like COINTELPRO or controlled opposition or whatever, because, you know, these people would never actually, I mean, they're not even taken seriously enough to be even assumed to be a threat, but these people are not a threat in any kind of real true sense of the word. They're just like happy people that want to know the truth, but in by wanting to know the truth, they believe some silly things. But 99% of the world believes in silly things, like government is legitimate and democracy, democracy. yeah. So do, do the things that they believe are any sillier than the average status? I don't know. Yeah, and and mentioning that you know the whole um, conspiracy angle, and I mean, you and I both kind of went down that rabbit hole for a little while before we found the incel MGTOW Austrian economics um, and said, yes, this is it. This is the real goodness right here. Yeah, this is the one. But I mean, they they even do that in the documentary where they're like, okay, this guy, the main guy, what's his name, Mark, something like that, the guy from Whidbey. Yeah, the guy from Whidbey Island. Uh, he was saying that he had gone through several progressions of, oh, I was into this for a while and then I was into this. And like, yeah, this this whole like, um, you know, computer graphic type like bookshelf with all these little titles on it. And I noticed that several of the book titles in there are actually true things like declassified actual things like um, MK Ultra, uh, Operation Northwoods, um, the global warming hoax was listed on there. So it's like yeah. they mix in like actual things, but then label them as conspiracy to kind of color them as all of these are crazy out there, weird, you shouldn't believe in them or even question it kind of things like the, the whole label of conspiracy theorist is not a, hey, let's engage in debate and have discussion about this. It's meant to shut down. It's meant to, it's like the, the soft, you're a racist. Yeah, it's meant to shut down and shame. Like, not only is this wrong and bad and dumb, but it's, yeah, you're dumb for 
even entertaining the idea. Right. And and to believe in um, what the government like, like kind of gaslighting people. Right, right. And, and to believe like the, the narrative of like, say, the 9-11 Commission report. Uh, James Corbett has a great video on this. It's like eight minutes long. And he's like, if you believe this, this, this and this straight out of the report, then you might just be a conspiracy theorist. Because it's a hell of a conspiracy to have all of these events just happen to happen uh, as, you know, as outlined it in the uh, official report. In the official report, right. Yeah. yeah. So I'll post that on our show notes page. At well, but, the, but I mean, to be, be fair, though, the uh, I mean, for the past two years, the mainstream media has been pushing this conspiracy theory of the whole Russia Trump collusion thing, which we just finally kind of come out as bullshit. So, you know, conspiracy theories are popular and they're everywhere, but certain conspiracy theories are demonized and, you know, and while others are kind of like celebrated, it just depends on what your perspective is, I suppose. Right. And I don't think that you'll hear people call the Russiagate thing or whatever it's called a conspiracy per se, like, like not in the same tinfoil hat sense where it's not where it's meant to like be like you're crazy unless it's on partisan lines. Like the conservative media might say something like, "Oh, it's a conspiracy," but the the mainstream media. So I'm I'm sort of like the ones that are pushing it. You mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're not going to call it conspiracy, right? They're, no, of course, it's, it's perfectly legitimate when they're doing it. Just like these flat earther people, I don't think they call it a conspiracy, do they? Or do they they call like NASA a conspiracy against it? Right, right. And there's so much I want to like get into already. Um, but, uh, the point about the, um, the mainstream media they're right now they're doubling down. They're like, well, the, the report's 300 pages. We haven't looked at it all yet. Yeah. Yeah. The, everybody's, that's what you do when you've been running with a narrative for two years, you have to double down and triple down. It's like Smollett when he got called out for his bullshit. He said, no, double down, triple down, quadruple down. That's what you right. do. Right. Yeah. And, and he's still saying, oh, I'm innocent of lying about it and i was attacked and all of these things and uh, there's all sorts of like shadiness going on even the even the mayor Rahm Emanuel, who never lets a crisis go to waste is still is is also like condemning him which is surprising right yeah i mean when even a scumbag like emmanuel is calling you out maybe you really are a scumbag i don't know yeah i was like that's pot calling the kettle black right there <laughs> yeah i don't know where yeah glass house is rom you know what i'm saying does this man have no decency <laughs> look in the mirror dude but anyway um uh, what the fuck was I talking about? Um, oh yeah, so so they're not going to uh, consider a conspiracy in the mainstream media, and they're going to double down. And we saw this also happen with the Covington stuff. Even when uh, the longer, uncut, edit, unedited version of the video shows that the original narrative was totally off base, totally incorrect, people were still clinging to the idea that these kids must be racists because they're wearing a mega hat and because this one kid's face happens to look like a smirk. Well, and I love the 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 new defense. I think that the New York Times is going with in the settling their defamation lawsuit. Uh, they're going with the well, we're it, it wasn't we weren't lying. We're just really bad at our jobs. <laughs> Isn't that the greatest defense of all time? I mean, they're not wrong, but they're kind of wrong. I don't know. This is the New York Times. It's a shit rag. I, no one expects any kind of like good reporting to come out of it, do you? It's mostly just propaganda and spin. Yeah, one of the things I love seeing is like the Facebook ads for the New York Times or the Washington Post, like the truth needs you or, you know, we're we have integrity and we need your support, you know, subscribe to us. And and there's like a thousand comments and 99% of them are you guys are shitbags, liars, terrible reporters. Um, there's a bunch of laugh reacts and all that stuff. And I love uh, it, it. It's great. And the Washington Post one is like democracy dies in darkness. And I'm like, great. Let it let it die in a dumpster fire. You know, like democracy is not a good thing. It's it's mob rule. It's imposing rules and leaders over others. I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's the, the will of the majority at the expense of the minority. And the sooner people can get over it as this vaunted, wonderful thing, the, the better for humanity. Indeed, I think that'll be a uh, significant improvement if people can get past this illusion that, that is the, uh, the idea of democracy. And, and that also reminds me of how this Mark guy talks about the eclipse later on. He's like, well, that's just the uh, projection that they're showing you because we're in this controlled dome. Truman Show situation. He even brought it up. Right. He's like, that is literally what's happening. It's just much, much bigger. And so th but that begs the question, though, who made the dome? The lizard people? Is it the lizards? Or the power elite? You know, it's it's just just the elite, just like the corporate. The one night they just built this giant dome. Or was it like in Spaceballs where they surround it with a big old or no, it wasn't. That's not Spaceballs, is it? Was it uh, was that Featurama? What was the show where they come and they just clamp it down? No, I think that was a Zim, Invader Zim. Yeah, that was Invader Zim. Never mind. 
Well, space balls, they, they have a, a sphere around it and they suck out the air with the Hoover. Yeah. But did you ever see Invader Zim? No, I have not. Okay, it's a cartoon back in the day on like Nickelodeon or something. And it's about this invading, right, this invading space alien guy. And one day he's flying out, but he finds out that the, the whole world, the sky is a projection because the planet has been stolen by this like world destroying trucker race of people. It's awesome. Anyway, that's what that's what's happening in this situation. Right now, there is a bit of a grain of like philosophical consideration here. And that is. Anyway, wait, wait. What happens when you shake up the snow globe? I mean, is that where the snow comes from? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what earthquakes are, Robert. It's, 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 is it God shaking it up or the elite shaking it up? Or is it just like space Jesus? I don't know. You tell me. Don't ask questions. Turtles all the way down. Is the turtle like shaking? Turtles okay. and tangerine juice, apparently. Okay. Anyway, sorry. What were you going to say? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Um, what was the last thing I said? Let's rewind the tape. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. You had something. You had something that I interrupted you. I had something. And it was going to go. It was going to go all the way down the turtles. Uh, oh, it's Atlas shrugging. Apparently he's holding it. Oh, of course. Got the shakes or something. Um, Makes sense. Man, what was it? Oh, OK. Yeah. So there's a, a philosophical point of, of consideration here. And that is this. Like Plato's cave, where you're only seeing the shadows on the wall and it's presented to you. And that's what you're raised in. That's all you know. How would you know any different? So let's say you are Truman and you're born in, in this environment. And it really is a projection. And everything you see is, is contrived and scripted and planned ahead. And, and we saw this also in Dark City, right? Where we wouldn't really know any different... If Unless it, somebody was able to break out of the matrix or whatever. Right. If, if and that's what these people are, right? These are the truth tellers who are breaking out of the matrix and letting the telling the truth to everybody else. Yeah, I think that's that's how they view themselves. And there's also a corollary to us in our economic leanings in feeling very similarly, like we're adherence to Austrian economics. And it's a very much maligned, uh, not accepted view of even economics. though we win like every debate. That doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you get what I'm saying, right? Like they view themselves as that, uh, you know, the Gandhi progression. First, they laugh at you, then they something, something you, and then they fight you. And then, then you they win. fight you, then you win. Right. And there's a progression. And, and I know Rothbard referenced it in some of his writings, but uh, there was a guy who came up with this like progression of how scientific thought evolves. It's not linear. It's not uh, like the Whig theory of history where what came later must be better than what came before. Like whatever was in the past is no longer valid or good. It's only the new stuff that matters because it's a constant progression in a, an accumulation of thought and accumulation of like better ideas and better theories. When it's really more of a something is a breakthrough and at first it's maligned, people don't believe it. People think, oh, that can't possibly be true. And then over time, it finally becomes more accepted and then it becomes the mainstream view. The main, like this is what everyone now believes and it stagnates a bit. And then the next thing comes along a generation or so later and it is similarly discounted on the initial concepts of it, right? And and it goes through this kind of cycle, the stops and starts. And there Very is information, history is lost, ideas, theories are lost. We lose knowledge over time. Things do go down the memory hole and get rediscovered later. And so it's not linear. And it's not something that um, just because it's new, it's good or better than what was in the past. Right, yeah, that reminds me of the guy who had the theory on plate tectonics. There were several competing theories at the time when they were trying to figure out how these animals got to different continents. And I think one theory was like the land bridge theory that there used to be these bridges to all the different continents. But the other guy had like the uh, plate tectonic theory, but everybody just kind of like laughed at him for a long time. And so, yeah, um, knowledge fades. Science comes in and out of fashion. Ideas come in and out of fashion. Um, like Greek fire. We still don't know how to make Greek fire. But um, so you're kind of saying you're kind of giving this guy some sanity points then, right? Because that's kind of where he sits. He's saying that science hasn't been able to disprove him. He thought that he was just going to get destroyed, you know, in the first five minutes of purporting this theory. But he claims that he hasn't been. I find that a little bit dubious, but I also think that people do view themselves in their own story. Like they're the star of the show. They are the hero of their story. They are the, you know, they're the underdog taking on the establishment or whatever. And so I do give him like credit for that. I don't think he's, he's right. Unless I mean, I'm going to go full April fools and be like, ha ha, this is, this is, I believe it April fools, but I just blew that. So, um, I think that, uh, they have a, and it's demonstrated in, in, in the movie and, and what you said earlier, 
they have a very significant confirmation bias by what they believe to where they don't even accept the results of their own experiments. Like they were like, okay, we have this very high powered, very calibrated the gyroscope, gyroscope, gyroscope and super expensive, super expensive. And it's like high end. And if the earth were moving, it would move like this amount, like 15 degree shift per hour right drift and then we we ran our experiment and there was this 15 degree <laughs> shift and there's supposed to be something wrong with this thing there's gotta be something wrong we gotta put it we gotta encase it in something that'll stop the what was it the like heaven rays that were coming down and interfering with their experiment well they first tried a faraday cage which i, I think eliminates any uh radio wave any you know anything really penetrating it and then he was like well that wasn't strong enough so we need something like with the heaven's gate kind of stuff <laughs> you know we need some magical shit yeah, we need the magical shit. That's, that's how we got to make this very expensive, very precise thing work different than how it would work if the Earth were a globe. <laughs> well, and we've talked about this before, you know, that confirmation bias. If you've made your living off of a certain thing, how much information would need to be presented to you in order for you to change your opinion when your entire livelihood is dependent upon it? Oh, so yeah. Like, yeah, like Alex Jones is like a paleo conservative guy and he's makes his bones that way. No matter how much, you know, anarchist thought, libertarian thought really you give him, he's still going to push the conservative like constitution type stuff. Or this guy, or, you know, any status, like if you talk to a cop and explain to him how immoral his job is and blah, blah, blah. Or this guy who now there's like a conference that they go to. He's got a podcast or a YouTube channel. I don't know how much money he's making, but he, apparently he's got like fame, at least, if not fortune. I don't know how much money he's making, but he seems to be doing okay. But everywhere he goes, he's just smiling and happy and getting recognized and being a celebrity guy. So I don't know. Seems like a pretty good deal. I, I guess that's why, you know, televangelists are a thing and snake oil salesmen are a thing. And yeah, you got words. You got words to say on confirmation bias go for it i know you're just waiting for say go good to do it daniel do the thing that i do yeah because i got confirmation bias myself i mean it's a bit of like an echo chamber situation too and you see this in mainstream media and also in social networks now where people only fraternize with people who think similarly to them and so when they don't get exposed to anything outside of that uh very much then they think everyone must think the way that i think or my group thinks and then when they get exposed outside then uh, then like the other is like totally evil or has evil intent or purposes or are just plain stupid. Like, so you see this all the time now. And I think that is one contributing factor that maybe social media has with how divided people are becoming because we are able to hive off. And in a way, I think that's a good thing. We should be able to associate with people that we agree with. And I would like to do that in real life, you know, like covenant community style. Like I want to live with people who share similar values to me. Um, but back to the confirmation bias, just as a concept, um, I think you were hitting on like someone who makes their bones about like being famous for or known for a specific thing. They're going to be very resistant to being able to change course if everyone knows them and they become famous for a certain thing. And then if they were to be convinced of something else, then there would be resistance to them flipping on that. Right. Right. They, like like Stefan Molyneux when he kind of made his Trump move. That was a big kind of, he got a lot of pushback from, you know, his like principled libertarian people. I think rightly so in that case. I mean, well, sure. But to your point. Right. And then, and then on a smaller scale, um, what's the old saying? Like you can't expect anyone to see anything that their, their paycheck depends on them not seeing or something like that. So like, like you said, in the, in the local scale of it, it's if your paycheck is depending on you believing this system or believing that your job is a good job or, you know, something that's righteous and something you should be doing, then you're not going to see all the negatives associated with it. You're not going to buy into that because it's your food on the table is, is at stake here. And, and it's not even like a conscious thing. It's, it's just, it's going to be so outside of the realm of possibility that you won't even consider it. In fact, you might yeah. not even hear it right. when it, you're right. Oh. Your mind would come up with some other excuse for why this data exists. Like, like, like when they were doing the experiment with the, uh, the whatever the thing in the water on the canal, the compass, well, they're doing the compass thing. And they're like, well, there's gotta be some sort of interference in our experiment. Like we've never seen this interference before, but it's gotta be there. Cause there's no other explanation. Cause we know we're not on a globe. So yeah, your brain, I don't even, I don't think it's like a malicious thing. I think it's definitely a, a thing that the brain does to maintain a level of sanity. Because otherwise you're going to have a, like a psychological break. Yeah, I mean, is this is this like a, a form of cognitive dissonance? It's it's a blind spot to protect the ego, right? Yeah, yeah. I so, don't know. What did you think? What did you think of this? The people in this documentary, I I thought they were super adorable. Like I was, there's like a love story going on there, and I was kind of like rooting for the love story. And you know, they reminded me of a lot of people around here because there's a lot of like well-meaning hippie types, especially on the islands. 
of Puget Sound. Yeah, and and where that guy is, South Whidbey. I mean, if you're not local to here, I mean, it's kind of known for <laughs> kind of out there folk. Yeah, it's it's where the weirdos go to live, and that's totally cool, and they're totally happy. That's what you're gonna do. But I'm just, you know, these are. I thought they were just adorable people, even if they believe silly things. I, you know, God bless them. You go and do you. Right. And, and oh, go ahead. No, well, at the at the, at the end of the day, their main motivation is distrust in what they're being told. And I can't blame them for that. Right, right. And and back to that confirmation bias thing, they're finding a community as a result of this. And it's it's sort of built upon, you know, this distrust of what the government tells you. And, and I share that. Like, I don't believe anything they tell me. And that's a George Carlin quote, you know, like, <laughs> what's the first rule? Don't believe anything the government tells you. Um, so they have that sort of um, common enemy type situation that brings them together. And they found a sense of community, which I think is also one of the factors that goes into like, say, cults, you know, like it becomes your community and it becomes your identity. And so breaking free from that becomes very, very difficult. Right. It comes at some point, you know, probably the belief system kind of attracts you to a cult. And but then it really becomes about the family and the community. And the, the beliefs almost kind of become secondary. And it's more just about having that family experience. Right. Now, yeah, back to the people you were talking about. Um, the, uh, so South would be, it is, is it, it is an area where sort of the weirder types end up and also in the San Juan Islands around here. Um, and in South would be, there's a town called Freeland. And the, the, the name of the town is because it was a commune 150 years ago or whenever it was, where it literally was free land. Like it was this commune that lasted a certain amount of time. And then, of course, it failed because that's kind of what they do. And that, I think, is why that area is still kind of attracted, attractive or attracted by, attracted to by those types of people. Yeah. 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 I'm saying words. I'm saying you are words. saying words, Daniel. You're doing a good job of it. But uh, yeah, the San Juan Islands are kind of notorious for attracting, you know, alternative lifestyle type people. Not to say that there aren't a whole bunch of like normies that live there, but like, you know, the you know this, but the one time I got invited out to this like religious retreat where I found out all these interesting facts, like the, the moon is fake and it was made by the lizard people to make women menstruate once a month to keep them down and oppress them and all kinds of fun facts, which I finally found the notes for. Oh. I took... I took, I, you know, while I was there for this like, like two day retreat, I was furiously scribbling notes that of quotes that she said, and um, they disappeared. But I refound them, and maybe maybe someday we could go through them and like come up and like talk about some of the funnier ones. But um, I'm not going to go through them now. I just 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 recently found them. I think but that anyway. that would be a great uh, Patreon bonus content right there. There you go, perfect. But that was out on um, Orcas Island, one of the Whidbey Islands, so or the uh, San Juans. Okay, all right. So, um, oh man, I had something brilliant to say and, and I just lost it and, uh, I feel terrible now. You sure? Um, oh, uh, so the moon, you said that the moon was oppressing women by making them menstruate. So the man in the moon is the original patriarch. Yeah. Well, everybody knows that. Even though he's made of cheese and he's a projection on a screen. Yeah. See, that's the, see, the problem is, is that the competing wacko conspiracy theories kind of conflict with each other. So if it's, it's, it's a fake moon, well, of course it's a fake moon. It's a projection. But if it's a projection, how is it making women menstruate? Because there's no gravitational pull because gravity doesn't exist. Gravity is just made up BS, right? Even though we're all like, kind of like walking around on the, the disc, why are we all walking around on the disc? And right? there's tides and, and whatnot. Yeah, well, I don't know why that all happens. Yeah, and, and how would Ben Franklin making the farmer's almanac like know the height and and however, you know, whatever the other term is, like how high the tide comes in and how far it goes out. I think he was a lizard man, wasn't he? The exact time it would happen. And uh, there's also other other things that are in there, like um, like when the, the moon, the phases of the moon are, and like even the Aztecs and uh, ancient peoples knew when certain celestial events were going to happen. Like how would they know all of these things unless it's all in this intricate, like algorithmic projection system that's far advanced technology to anything we have today. Well, you know, technology is lost, Daniel. Like you were just saying, I'm using your own words against you. So way back in the day, back like 100,000 years ago, technology was better. Probably the Atlantean technology is probably what happened. And they built this giant uh, dome thing. Although why they did I, and what was here before it was. Well, that's what Dark City is telling us. They're the lobster dudes coming down, taking over the dead people like vampire zombies. Is it a projection screen or is it like an LCD screen? And if so, is there, are there like panels and they got to have like workmen to go up and like replace them every once in a while? Have you ever been on the beach and like picked up a grain of sand and were like, what if there were entire worlds in this grain of sand? You ever think about that kind of thing? 
So what if what if this entire disk dome structure we are residing on right now is like Dark City, but on a scale of to where it's that projection dome thing you see in the Jetsons and George Jetson and Jane and Elroy and uh, whatever the rust of buckets uh, made is called is looking down on us right now, laughing. Rosie. Rosie. Yeah, Rosie. Rosie the Riveted looking down <laughs> on us right now in the in their freaking dome on their little, uh, you know, plasma. So this is a TV show is what you're saying. Like in South Park, this is a TV show. Or no, not South Park. Uh, Rick and Morty. And someone's going to have to get Swifty. Yeah, we're dance. like 14 different div- <laughs> dimensions. I'm fucking pickle Rick. I mean, come on here. <laughs> all right. We are, we're way off the rails here. Uh, so there are no we- rails. This is this is all about crazy people. We're, <laughs> we're finding the curve. Where is the curvature? Um, all right. So we were talking about people in this documentary. There is one person in the documentary who's an astrophysicist um, woman, nose ring, purple haired. And I had to ask, is she the one who piloted the starship in The Last Jedi into the Jedi? Yeah, yeah she's the one. Yeah. So I'm, I was surprised to see her. They must have filmed that one after they filmmed this because, you know, obviously she's dead, she's dead now. Or is she? See, no, it's she's all dead. Conspiracy. No, she, we saw her blow up in that documentary Star Wars movie. We did see that. Yes. In Star Wars documentary. And, and the, the evil capitalist casino and the animal cruelty <laughs> in the entire waste of a second act in that film. Anyway. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up is I think Mark says this whole thing is going to flip. Now, when he says that, does he mean that the disc itself is going to flip? And is he sort of speaking as if he's a congressman from somewhere talking about Guam? (laughs) I think I I want it to be that we're all of a sudden going to find ourselves in the bowl and we're all going to be squished together in the bowl. (laughs) Hey, you know, then you can pretty much cop all kinds of feels. Ladies can't stop you. Um, no, I think he means that the perspective on the flat earth is going to flip. They're going to reach that tipping point and all of a sudden the truth is going to come out and the majority of people are going to believe the truth that the world is a snow globe. Okay, so the progression of science, like we were talking about earlier, it, the consensus, not that that's really scientific, but is going to flip to where people are going to believe this is the prominent theory or the accepted theory. Well, that's just funny. I mean, you could come up with any kind of batshit thing and then go, hey, they laughed at Magellan. Or they laughed at Columbus or they laughed at, you know, name the scientist or whoever guy that believed a thing that wasn't the prevailing idea. Uh, it gives credence to your claims. But you you saw the part in the movie where they were at the um, the conference and it just reminded me of even even the few times, maybe even us like the candles in the dark thing where, you know, you're around a bunch of like minded people, which is great. But then there's that one guy who's like a little bit off, you know, and you're like, OK, all right, there's one in every group. But in this group, there's like all of them. These are all those guys. And they're all like, you know, everybody has a competing conspiracy theory to explain every little last thing in the world that they don't quite understand. And they all conflict. And it's just, I don't see it ever really growing, you know, like as a movement because they're all such individualists. They, they happen to be held together right now by this one common belief, but they all, they don't agree on, you know, they, they each think the other person could be a secret alien space Nazi person or whatever. Right. Yeah. And and they've already, they talk about how there's all these different factions of who believes what, you know, is it is a dome or is it, um, is there the infinite no- plane, the infinite planers? Yeah, baby. Right. And we see this in libertarian circles too, like all this fractioning and, and factioning, you know, this segmenting. And I mean, it, it, it blows my mind because like, it should be very simple. <laughs> right. But we're talking about intellectual movements. Intellectual movements are by their very nature, not, you know, cohesive, powerful movements necessarily. Like, I guess, I guess, you know, like Bolshevism and the Marxism was like a, an intellectual movement to start, but they quickly realized that they had to get control of government in order for it to be like a force. It couldn't just be like a book club. But if you're just a purely intellectual movement, kind of like libertarianism is, or these flat earthers are, I really, you know, it's, it, you actually, you have to actually convince people. You can't use the, the machine of nationalism and patriotism and, you know, or religion or, you know, these things, these ingrained cultural movements and ideas and powers that can really push uh, an ideology or an idea into the mainstream. Interesting. I want to respond to that, but I'm not sure exactly how. Okay. You think about it. You think about it. All right. Well, can, can we go to the mm-hmm. Matt guy who thinks he okay. originated this stuff? Because Okay. But you feel free to push back on anything I just said anytime. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to throw down. All right, we'll throw it down. Maybe, maybe in the Kathleen Turner Overdrive available for our Patreon supporters at lastnight.com slash Patreon. Right. Um, 
So the, the Matt guy who who's he's the rock star dude. He's like, I'm so cool that I don't take meetings and I don't need to. Dude, he's a freaking awesome prima donna. So smart. You're whatever. And I'm not going to go. I'm not going to legitimize your conference by attending. Even you're all I, in the CIA, you sons of bitches. Even though I'm butthurt that you didn't invite me. Uh, but that guy, he says he came up with this whole thing. But as far as I know, and I mean, yeah, I was educated in public schools, but I thought that the prevailing theory for a thousand years was the earth was flat. So, I mean, where's this guy coming from? I'm guessing he's taking credit for the modern revitalization, I would assume is what he's trying to say, but okay. I, I could be wrong. Now, you mentioned that that you don't see this going very far, but I think it's already gone very far. I mean, there's this documentary about it and they have well, it and it's become very popular. Their YouTube videos get millions of views and there's thousands of these videos. And well, let's, I'll add one more comment and then you can stick your big nose in here. Um, even prominent NBA players have talked about the platter theory and how they believe it. I mean, it's, it's those intellectual giant NBA players. I know it's true. Right, but, but my point is they have a big following, you know, it's, it's out there in, in the, in the culture, in the common culture. It's true. It's very true. Um, I wonder, you know, if you took any kind of, in, any kind of idea, any idea and took a cross section of who believed that you'd get a, a wide swath of, of humanity. Um, I think it is funny, though. I mean, this this there are probably more flat earthers than there are ANCAPs in the world. And I don't know, maybe maybe not libertarians yet, but maybe soon. There's something seductive about it, especially when you got the truth on your side, you son of a bitch. Maybe that's our next target is to get flat earthers to come to the one true faith of economics <laughs> <laughs> and political philosophy. Yeah, I, I uh, be a tough sell, but it's possible. All right. So did you catch uh, Alex Jones on Joe Rogan? Yeah. Yeah, sure did. did. I didn't see the whole thing, but I caught a bunch of it. I got the part where he said he's retarded, which is hilarious. Right. And and I only saw snippets of it, but um, I saw something that said like they purposely had someone else on there to be antagonistic towards him, promoting a, a conspiracy theory such as Flat Earth. And Yeah, that's it. Bravo. Okay. So this this literally was the discussion, right? Like this this one guy is like, I'm a flat earther and Alex mm. Jones, you're the biggest, most known conspiracy theorist in the world. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if Bravo is there to push flat earth. I know Bravo is there to poke, pretty much poke the bear of Alex Jones to try to get him to go off on whatever, to try and defend his ideas and whatnot. I don't, I didn't, I didn't watch, I guess I should have watched the whole thing, but I just didn't. It's freaking like four hours, even though it's like super, super funny and entertaining, but the excerpts and memes are better. Anyway. Yeah. And, and Jones does flip out, I mean, constantly, but I mean, if you've seen him more than a dozen times, you're, you're kind of immune to it. Yeah. Um, I see Jones as more of kind of an actor kind of guy. He's the guy that always claims to have the documents, but he'll never actually show you the documents. The only, the only thing he ever show, points to are just like headlines of like news article he prints off the internet. So, right, but he's got the documents. But he's got the documents. Yeah, I've heard that one before a million times, Jones. Um, but you know, Bravo is a kind of a notorious conspiracy theorist. He's always the one kind of pushing to talk about, you know, he'll talk about 9-11, but he'll also talk about the moon landing or JFK or just any number of things. And I think he was trying to get Jones because he's always been a, like a big fan of Jones. But I guess lately he's been a little bit upset with Jones, maybe going back on some of the things he said in the past. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. What do you think? I, I think it's hilarious that, you know, Alex Jones goes on Joe Rogan and it's one of the biggest shows in the world, like way bigger than any like single mainstream media outlet. I think it's like tens of millions of views. And that's just Muse. That's not like MP3 downloads for the podcast. There's huge, there's, and then this is after Jones was deplatformed, right? Yeah. So there's yeah, clearly for a while. So the, the Streisand effect is in effect. People are like, you you got rid of this guy. What's he saying that is so dangerous? You know, he must, he must be saying something interesting or something true. But also when he goes on there, like the mainstream media, like pitches a little hissy fit and goes, you know, Joe Rogan, why are you you know giving this guy a platform? Why are you giving him a chance to speak? You know, because he's such a dangerous human being or blah, 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 whatever. Um, do, I think it, do they equate him as a um, Nazi or white supremacist these days? Um, I think the the blue check marks from what I see, mostly just get upset that he's a dangerous person. Mostly they were upset with the, um, the, the Sandy, Sandy Hook thing. And, and yeah. the news thing. Yeah, him saying that you know, Sandy Hook was a staged event um, was what really kind of upset them. Now, I, I don't, of course, I don't give a shit whether you think Sandy Hook was a staged event or whether he says Sandy Hook was a staged event. I don't, I don't understand how that's a dangerous thing to say. So what? A lot of people believe a lot of things that aren't true. What? Yeah. We're all responsible for our own ideas and... 
I mean, and, and if it happened, and I, I don't know, I wasn't there, it's a terrible thing, but it's no justification for disarming people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was watching, uh, have you seen uh, a lot of Keith Knight recently? I've been watching quite a few of his videos. He's been killing it. He 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 tends to throw a lot of amazing arguments. He packs them into these little videos. Yeah, he's uh, he's working with Pat at Liberty Weekly now, and they're they're doing shows together, and and also like individual stuff. But he is he's great. He's like a fire hose, and he's like very rapid fire. Yes, you need to. Well, I need to like pause his video and contemplate. You know, there's some brilliant thing he just said because it's another brilliant argument that I had never considered before. So I recommend anybody who's interested in the things we talk about to check out Keith Knight's "Don't Tread on Anyone" YouTube channel. All right, we'll post that on the show notes page. So. I mean, Robert and I, we, we have the occasional argument that we slap together with some duct tape and glue. Uh, but Keith is, uh, he's on the ball on this stuff. I think, I think he's, he's made it his mission to hone these arguments. Yeah. And he'll destroy arguments. He'll be hitting things from so many, he'll just provide so many great arguments in a short time that he just completely obliterates them. It's fantastic. So keep up the good work, Keith. All right. Good job, Keith. And we should have him on sometime, actually. I think that'd be fun. Probably would be. All right. So, Let's um we, we need to start probably winding this down a little bit. But mm. there was one comment that I thought was pretty interesting. Oh yeah. And that was the whole um the the woman who's the love interest. And they're like, well, her her initials are CIA or something. And so that confirms that she is confirmed. <laughs> yeah, Illuminati or whatever. And she's like, Do you really think the government's that stupid to do something like that? And I'm like, Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe not that, but they're really dumb about most things, you know, and really well, dark. it's just like her her name ended in CIA, right? It was like Patricia or Alicia or something. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. that's the thing that people are queuing on as if as if there's gonna be these breadcrumbs. <laughs> yeah, and you know those weird, yeah. weird weird female names like Alicia or Patricia or whatever her name was. It's like could, it's the only the only the only explanation, CIA. Right. And I and, love it. I don't think they're stupid enough to do that, but I think that they are stupid enough to do plenty of other dumb, ruinous crap. For sure. And they will hide things in plain sight because they don't give a shit. I mean, they're a monopoly. What do they care? Yeah, there's there's so, yeah. really no consequence, like, which is something we talked about in, in our pre-show, um, which, you know, I think consequences and, and bearing responsibility for your actions and having individual responsibility is a big deal. And it's a way to temper behavior and it's a market-based response and it's, you know, it's all good things. Um, one other thing I wrote in my notes, and this goes way, way back to my grade school in days, where we talked about, there was this question posed in the class. They're like, all right, think of a bowling ball, a very smooth bowling ball, and then think of the earth. Now, if you could do either of these two things, make that bowling ball the size of the earth or shrink the earth down to the size of the bowling ball, which one do you think would be smoother to your touch? Um, I assume you're trying to get me to say the earth would be smoother. That is the correct answer per my public education. Because they basically said, all right, take the highest mountain, Himalaya or uh, Mount Everest, and the deepest trench, Mariana's Trench. And the, the spread is like, what is it, 60,000, 70,000 feet, something like that. I'm, I'm sort of pulling numbers out of my ass here. But then if you were to compare that same difference on a bowling ball, the, the differences, even on a smooth ball, would be far greater than that proportionally. Wow. So you're so, saying that the earth was manufactured? By precision German engineering. Ah, uh, now it makes sense. Where I'll bring it back to the Nazis. <laughs> so the Earth was manufactured in 1940, or 1930s probably, before the war, by Mercedes-Benz, BMW. I don't know. Prob probably. Yeah. One of those. One of those. It was probably a joint effort. All right. So let's talk a little economics here, because there is a guy manufacturing things for sale for a market, and he makes this badass wooden motorbike with like an iPad control panel. It's electric, right? Yeah, it's fully electric, and it's uh, got it's very torquey apparently. Um, like the, uh, the one in, um, Elastigirl's bike, which my kids love. They want an Elastigirl bike, even though they don't does it? understand. Badass. I mean, you'd need to have her powers in order to make it work like she does, but yeah. otherwise it would rip you in half. But, <laughs> but this guy was making these, um, model like clocks, model scale models of, of this, uh, flat earth with the domes and the sides and the, the ice and all that stuff. And like the precise movement of the sun and the moon in relation to each other, painstakingly handcrafted. And I think he he had he, he had numbered them, I think. And he was in like the 30s or 40s when he was demonstrating them. But I mean, the amount of time he spent making these things. I mean, what do you think he would have to sell them for to like make it worth his while? I mean, yeah, value subjective, but my my word. Hundreds man. at least. Yeah. I mean, you're not selling them for like under 100 bucks. There's no way you're just not making enough money. Even if he sold all 40 of them for, for $500, I mean, that's still not worth the thousands of hours he put into those, right? It's not a living yeah. wage, man. It's like below minimum wage. Yeah, it's below minimum wage, but it's a labor of love. I think all those guys are, you know, they, they made a big deal out of that documentary being about the community and the happiness 
Like a couple of guys were like, man, I lost my family about this. I lost my friends, but I got these new friends and I'm a happy guy, blah, blah, blah. I mean, happened to I me think it's, with, with this stuff. Yeah, see, yeah. There's a, a lot in common with these guys. Yeah, and I hope that we're not like the fringe crazy people in real life. Like, I think that these flat earth guys are, are fringe crazy and like legit fringe crazy. Like like you were saying earlier, the oh, Magellan, everyone thought he was crazy and whatever. Yeah, there's those one in a million examples where it worked out. But there's the nine, 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 nine of where you, you are really cr a crazy person. Um, well, you know, kind of like how we fit in with normal society if you don't happen to be talking about politics or economics. I think these people fit in with normal society if you're just not talking about the globe. Like, I'm sure you could have a normal conversation with them about anything else, like just like anybody else. Yeah. I've got. But are we, are we fringe like they are? <laughs> God, I hope not. I mean, we're more fringe, but I think our views are more grounded. They better be. I mean, they we're right be. about everything, right? I mean, yeah. they believe they're right about everything, but we're really right about everything, right? See, and that's the conundrum. <laughs> it's like this self-fulfilling thing. But uh, I've got this great meme uh, related to the uh, pretending to be a normal person. Um, it's a guy reading a book and it says- Okay, wait a minute, wait. I thought of one. I thought before you finish that- To fit in with normal society. Okay, hey, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I thought of one way we're different. Okay. We're willing to accept new reason and evidence, right? And they were not. They were discounting- the results of their own experiments. But they didn't see it as that. They they even said that they would accept the 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 results. Oh, they said that. But then when it came to it, they're like, oh, it must be wrong. So, you know, like, how can you trust yourself if you're so invested in that way? And and I view a lot of um, scientific inquiry this way, too. And I'm no scientist, but I think that there is a lot of, um, and it's not intended to be this way. It's not supposed to be uh, a preconceived, like, I'm looking for this result, therefore I'm going to do this, this, and this. It's supposed to be... Right. A lot of studies actually do find the thing they were looking to find. Right. And especially when, when you get into economics and in the mainstream... Sociology, yeah, for sure. Right. And, and they're, they're trying to divine theory out of statistics or uh, experimentation that they've been doing. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, hope, I hope we're not uh, in that same circle, but it, you wouldn't really know if you are back to, you know, Plato's like cave, right? Like maybe we are in that dark city dome. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we are, Daniel. We'll have to think about this one, see if we actually are. Is there some experiment we could do that would prove whether we are or not? Does it involve going into a California trench? <laughs> see, maybe their system is better than ours because they could actually go into a trench and prove whether they're right or not. Yeah, let's talk about that before, before we wind down. So the final... Um, test they do is this uh, canal and i assume that means that the water level is consistent right yeah i'd assume for a distance long enough to be able to see if there is a i guess it would appear lower on the horizon because it would be over the crest of the curvature well they had you know, two poles at either end and then one pole in the middle and so then if the the light hit all three poles at the exact same height they would know they're on a flat earth, but if there was variation, they'd know there's a curvature. Right. Initially, they couldn't focus it enough. Right. It's like then, a shotgun. Right. But then by the end, they they redid it with like kind of a different way of doing it. Maybe a hole in the middle one. A pinhole. Yeah. They were poking, shooting it through a pinhole. And then that would, yeah, that would make it so it wouldn't be scattershot. Right. And, and they ended a little bit ambiguously. At least for me, I didn't quite catch it, but it seemed to say that, oh, it's way higher. Like, oh, I can't see it. I'll raise it up higher, higher, higher. And then they raised it up three or four feet and then it caught the light. Right. Therefore, demonstrating that there was a curve. Exactly. And then they go, hmm, that's interesting. And you wonder what 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 roll outside credits. theory is going to come in to explain that curve. Right. Mm. But it's literally roll credits right then. Right. Like they don't they don't let that sit and uh, uh, analyze it at all. It's just like, that's the end. That's it. Make up your own minds. I don't know. I thought it was a fun movie. I, I recommend it to anybody. Um, I, I think it's an interesting look into human psychology and it probably reflects some of our own. You can, you can see yourself in it. I don't, depending on no matter what you believe, I think you can see some of, some of yourself in it. Right. And this almost sounds like summer in review time, but before we get to that, I did want to mention that I did see a Facebook video of guys on the equator in Africa having tourists come and they would like demonstrate to them the, the different swirl direction that water would go down a drain on the northern hemisphere versus the southern hemisphere and then what happens directly on the equator oh how it like shoots straight down yeah, yeah so they would uh they would have these funnels and they would pour water in and on the north it would spin clockwise or whatever they put like a flower in there and it would like spin down then they went to the south side and it would spin the other direction right because that's like you know in new zealand and australia it's everyone knows crocodile dundee's Bath water goes down the op opposite way. And then at the equator, it goes straight down. Just no no Coriolis effect or whatever it's called. And the 
the thing gets sucked right down. Now, my question is, in that video, he's using three different funnels, one showing the direction on each, right? And do you think it's possible that you could doctor the funnel to get the desired effect? And so to really demonstrate the difference, he should be using the exact same funnel in all three locations. Probably. I, I don't think you can doctor a funnel to make water swirl a different direction. What if you rifled the spout and then the opposite, you know, like corkscrew and then nothing down the middle one? Because they were three distinct and marked differently funnels. Sounds like something you could do yourself. I don't know. I don't know, man. I it's been a long time since I was in science class, so I can't really can't really speak to that. But there, if you have more to say on that, let's do it. But I do want to get to the fact that it, the latest news. Remember, there was the guy that was shooting himself up in a rocket. There's a flat Earth guy who was trying to launch himself in, into orbit. Right? Remember this in the news? It was not too long ago. Vaguely familiar. Okay. Well, I think it was like last summer. Anyway, there was a bunch of delays, and he, I don't think he ended up doing it. But the latest thing is that there is an Antarctic expedition planned for these flat earth guys by these flat earth guys. So we're going to they're going to get to the wall in Antarctica and they're going to climb over it and they're going to get instantly murdered by uh, white walkers. It's going to be awesome. Or the thing. The thing might get them too, you never know. And Kurt Russell's going to go down there, fly his helicopter down there, badass style. Set him on fire. It's going to be sweet. Yeah, Wilfred Brimley will be there. It'll be great. He'll make some oatmeal. I don't know. And then the penguins are going to be dancing. I don't know. That's that's what happens in Antarctica. Yeah, happy feet. <laughs> All right. Well, I, th I think I think we've beat this horse to death on the uh, behind the curve. Uh, let's get into your final summary review, Robert. Okay. Well, this is a great film. It's on Netflix. Go check it out. I mean, if you already are a subscriber, and for the entertainment value, I don't know why you wouldn't be, especially if you're listening to this show. Um, it's it's a short film, but it is fairly well made. I would say that the main draw for me is just to watch the human oddity character study stuff. I mean, it's all just these interesting personalities believing this kooky stuff. And, you know, you could probably just turn on the news to get that same kind of effect. But here it's a little more benign. Uh, these people aren't really, I mean, some of them have an agenda. You know, they're, they're making money off it. But they seem to be genuine believers for the most part. I mean, you know, I look at most of the world and go, well, how can you believe that crap? Or you're just faking it and you don't really believe it. You're just pushing a thing. You're trying to sell something. Um, and this is an example of that. But this is a, I don't know, they just seem like teddy bears to me. They didn't seem like they were out to hurt anybody. They were just like they were after the truth. They knew they were being lied to. They, didn't, they weren't sure what the truth was, but they knew they're being lied to. And I can I can sympathize with that big time. So I really liked this movie. I thought it was a sympathetic view. I didn't think it like demonized the people, um, even though I guess some of the people were upset by the way they were portrayed. I the uh, I think the the um, the diva guy was like upset by the way he was portrayed. Or I think no matter how he was portrayed, he would have been upset. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's just going to be upset no matter what. <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah, check this movie out. If I had to give it a rating, I'd say it's like a 7.5 or something like that. I mean, it's a documentary. It's well made. You know, if you're, you're, you're into that sort of thing, you'll be entertained. I watched it and the time just breezed right by. And I was totally charmed by all the people in it. And um, it didn't didn't convince me one whit of what they believed to be true. But it, it, it reminded me of, you know, just like the sweet old lady or a person in your life that you know that is kind of a little bit kooky but is so well-meaning and so full of love in her heart that you just can't help but love them and you know just like your eccentric old aunt or uncle or something and you know you love them they're great so yeah check out this movie behind the curve on netflix daniel what did you think well i think that you gave it pretty high praise there um i found this to be kind of boring to watch and, and a bit lengthy. I mean, the only thing that really kept my interest was the fact that the guy was somewhat local to us and you know he was like staring off in the distance at Seattle and, well, I shouldn't be able to see those buildings if there's a curve, right? But um, I guess, you know, the, the curve wouldn't like obscure the entire building because those buildings are 700 feet high or 800 feet high. And so they would only obscure the like bottom 10 or 20 feet from where he was. And it seemed to be doing that. So I don't know where, <laughs> where he's getting this from. But um, I mean, I, I think it's relatively well done. It's certainly interesting to watch. And it did spark, um, you know, it's a, it's a cultural thing, right? Like we see people espousing flat earth on Facebook all the time now. And I think a lot of people that I know use it as a filtering mechanism now. They're like, if you believe this, then I will delete you <laughs> or mute you or whatever. So they're using it as a filtering mechanism. 
Meanwhile, statists believe in far more dangerous things. Just two cents. Oh, that's true. Yes, far more dangerous things. Like if 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 flat Earth was the worst thing that these people were thinking of or about, um, that that does no harm to me. If they vote and think that we just need one more law or one more tax or one more regulation, and then we'll have like a better life and a better situation, uh, that's that's far more dangerous. So I will agree with you there. But uh, as a uh, as a score, I'm going to get a flat middle of the road 5.0 for my score on this. I appreciate that, but it's better than that. <laughs> Appropriate score, but you undersold it, sir. Yeah, but if, if, if that's the way you feel about it, that's fine. I'm contriving it down a bit. It's probably more like a six, but uh, you know, just for the sake of, it's gotta be a five for me. <laughs> okay. So yeah. anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's our summary interview. Now, next week, we're gonna continue on this path. I don't know why we're on this streak of flat earth dome structures but we're going to continue down this path into the truman show and we're going to invite a former guest back again olaf the anarcho viking is going to join us to talk about the truman show the jim carrey the socialist movie uh that is basically an extension of uh, this whole flat earth theory so i think that's going to be a lot of fun he's, he's a good guy and uh, we had a lot of uh engaging conversation with him what was it called outlaw king that was the episode yeah uh, he'll be a great guest again yeah so i'm really looking forward to that and then um, I think after that, we might do something with Anarchist Mom or uh, the Patreon supporter who suggested Dodgeball might be available. So um, and, and if it's, you know, whatever one we do next week, then the opposite of those two will do the following week. So we're we're planning ahead, everyone. I'm fully on board with this. You're fully, do it. All right. I'm fully on board, Daniel. I like your ideas. All right. I, I got lots of ideas and, and we're going to get into them in uh, some of the uh, overdrive after this that's available for our Patreon supporters. Uh, so check it out on Patreon. Check it out on Patreon and also check us out on the Launchpad Media and the show notes page for this episode on Behind the Curve at lastnighters.com slash 65. So I will say good night from last night, everyone. All right, we can continue the transmission for a few more minutes in the Actual Anarchy podcast. Uh, Robert, there was something I was saving for this, but I forget exactly what it was. It might have been a discussion about how we potentially had some bonus content from last night, but I blew it. Mm. Billy Madison style, you blew it because we were going to record. And then you were like, oh, dude, seven's too early. Maybe 730. I might sober up by then. Yeah, I I had been invited over to do some work over at a buddy's house, and he's got this fantastic liquor cabinet. And he had, this is the guy you whiffle ball with, right? No, this is the other guy. This is the uh, the negotiator. Oh, okay, all right. And he had purchased some space dust, and I was doing some work for them. And uh, the time just kind of slipped away. We put on like Fast Times at Richmond High, and I'd never seen that film before. Oh, Spicoli, Mr. Hand. Spicoli. I don't know Mr. Hand refers to. I didn't see the whole movie, but uh, there were some excellent scenes, some very attractive ladies. It was nice. But yeah, I was, I was, I, I knew that I had to get back to do the show, but you know, I, so I started drinking a bunch of water, but I just wasn't making it in time. So I had to push it back and push it back. And, and then by the time I got back, you were like, eh, even though it would have been great, would have been fantastic. I was all fired up. It's all right. I think tonight was worked, worked out just fine. Yeah, I think I think this was a good episode on Behind the Curve. Um, I, I do like uh, Drunk Robert Rants, and maybe that not only could be Patreon content, but maybe a consistently and, and so named Patreon content. Well, maybe we can do that thing up at your place. We could do the in-studio uh, beer fest and uh, have a good time. Yeah, where people can call in and, and give us a piece of their of their mind. Yeah, you know, their yeah, yeah, that'd be good. I remember uh, Nikki P was saying uh, in our episode with him last week, like, oh, I heard you guys talking about Brazil. And I was like yelling at my phone, like, you guys don't understand the. <laughs> we don't understand any of the movies we talk about. What? Of course we don't. They were making this shit up half the time. But yeah, we got we got seriously called out when we did uh, Blade Runner. And yeah, we got kind of reamed by people who were saying that we just didn't understand it. That was, was good. I appreciate it. <laughs> what do you expect? Is that, is that a do, do we give people a false sense of confidence like when they're just basically listening to us and they're like well i kind of watched that movie i don't know they seem to have some good ideas about it but then we're exposed by the people who actually do pay attention to the movies and know what it is and then we get on and talk and say some dumb things about it and they're like oh no these guys really are morons well i think we focus on different elements than most critics will true and probably we don't go super deep 
No, sometime. no. Yeah, but but ours are, are more like to relate ideas of concepts that we want to impart on people in a way that they can sort of pick up on it based on a common viewing of something. Right. But we don't get into like the deep philosophical meanings behind this imagery and that scene and blah, blah, blah. And that kind of, we don't really do that so much. No, that's above my pay grade. Yeah. You'd have to like research and like prepare. That's just not going to happen. There's only so much time in the day. Well, when we started this show, it was just two guys talking. And that was Still kind of it. where we went. And um, it just sort of centered around movies after a while. And that became kind of our thing. But it's still just us talking about movies. And I think sometimes we have insightful points. Um, but it's mostly just trying to get those ideas out there in a way that puts a little bit of meat on them. Yeah. I'd say we do a, a decent job of that. And that's, it's just, I guess it's when people expect more from us that we, we fail them. We disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as we project ourselves as experts, um, you know, a lot of people might believe it. So. Yeah, you never know. Anyway, uh, we should probably wind this one down. This has been uh, episode 122 for Actual Anarchy. And so show notes are more at actualanarchy.com slash 122. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. We will be back with Olaf, the Anarcho-Viking for the Truman Show or Truman Show. Is it is it just Truman Show? It's just Truman Show, right? Mm, yeah, I guess. Anyway, well, you, you guys, here's our level of expertise. We don't even know the name of the movie, but you know what we're talking about. It's uh, it's on the Netflix, so uh, it's free to watch if you've got that. I guess not technically free. You'd have to pay a subscription fee, but it's included. So you don't need to buy like the movie itself is what I'm saying. And uh, if you do want to hit us up on the old Patreon, go to actionandcom slash Patreon. We might include a new level at some point in the future where you can join us for the Catherine Turner Overdrive live on the show where you can talk to us and tell us how wrong we are about stuff. I'm not sure what price level that's going to be, but I, I think that's a cool thing we might be able to implement. So, uh, you know, and, and there's a few people on right now that uh, I might just throw it out to them. Uh, you guys watching right now, um, Anarchist Mom and Mike C, former guests on the show, I'm going to give you guys the, the link so you can join us for Kathleen Turner Overdrive if, if you're game. So we'll see. Get in on it. All right. Well, I will say uh, this is the end of the Actual Anarchy show, and I will send that link out to our friends. And uh, if you want to catch that, keep watching, I guess, on the live stream, and then pay for the behind-the-scenes content on Patreon. Anyway, Actual Anarchy out. Chipmunks. C H I P M U N K. We're the chipmunks. Guaranteed to brighten your day. Do 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 In 2017, the Libertarian Union was formed. Finally, the average Joe Libertarian could find a thriving community of independent podcasters and content providers, all in one convenient location. At Libertarian Union, we'll always have the latest news, interviews, discussions, and even movie reviews. With hundreds of episodes and more added all the time, you'll always find something fresh at libertarianunion.com.